welcome to a vegan's point of view podcast. My name is Katie Sturgis. I am certified in plant-based nutrition, a seasoned vegan, and I am your host. This podcast is a space where I review the five main topics of veganism, health, the environment, navigating social situations, what to eat, and animal welfare, all from a vegan's point of view. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The statements expressed in this episode is not intended to be suitable for professional or medical advice. You should always speak with a healthcare provider about your own unique healthcare needs. Hello, hello, and welcome to A Vegan's Point of View podcast. This is a very exciting moment for me because I have been dreaming of making this podcast for a few years now, and it's finally all coming together, and I'm so excited to share it with you. And I created this podcast for three reasons. First, over the past five and a half years of being vegan, I've witnessed a lot of people excitedly start their vegan journey and eventually I see them go back to eating animals and I think the missing link that's contributing to reverting back to consuming animal products is the lack of proper education. Education on what to eat, how to shop and prepare meals what the health benefits are of eating a vegan diet and how severe the health consequences of eating animal products are. How to transition into a vegan diet and how to stand firm in your ethics and speak up to those who make, you know, make you feel bad for wanting to discontinue to eat animal products. So I created this space to address all of those topics. This podcast is designed to be used as a guide and a resource so you can avoid stumbling and second-guessing your way through this process. The second reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because I want to help people learn about how they can take control over their own health by altering their diet. As I was going to school for my certification in plant-based nutrition, I learned that most chronic diseases are a result of lifestyle and diet choices, which we all know to some extent, but I think a lot of us chalk getting these diagnoses up to genetics and old age when that isn't always true and when people believe that it's genetics and old age they believe that this diagnosis and taking prescriptions are a life sentence when research shows that they don't have to be. The third reason why I started this podcast is because I needed to create a more effective and time-efficient method of answering vegan questions. Because, because I've been vegan for so long, I often have people utilize me as a resource 
which I love because I have a lot of valuable information to share. And the way I communicate is full of compassion, understanding, and support. So I love when people reach out, but replying to messages in a text or a Facebook message is incredibly time consuming and it doesn't allow me to fully speak to a topic because each topic of veganism is so multifaceted it takes hours to be able to fully answer a question so about two years ago i started replying to questions people had by sharing a link to a podcast but i found that it was really hard to find a single episode that was direct and also answered the question fully and that's when I decided I needed to make my own podcast. Podcasts are the perfect platform for categorizing and sharing the information I have and then being a resource that people can refer back to. I also wanted to have these podcast links available for vegans who are really over emotionally responding to people who aren't necessarily asking questions about veganism because they're interested, but are more so trying to discredit veganism or be intentionally vindictive towards vegans. So by having a link to a podcast, this is going to allow vegans to feel like they represented and respected their beliefs, all while preserving and protecting their time and their emotional and mental energy. Another benefit to having this information in a podcast is it allows the listening party to put down all of their defenses. They no longer need to focus on analyzing bits of information that they're hearing to try to formulate a reply. They can take their time to fully take in what's being said and it allows me to deliver the information without having to assess the surroundings and the time that's available in a particular situation. Often people will ask genuine questions, but the the answers are hard to swallow. And because of that, I will often sugarcoat or skip over a lot of information or honestly, sometimes just give misinformation because the timing and the place it isn't appropriate and um, when someone has the opportunity to listen to a podcast they've already predetermined that it is the perfect time for them to hear what is being said so there's no needing to filter and it can be raw and it can be real and the truth can fully be shared and and I love that so that's 
those are the three reasons why I really wanted to make this podcast and I'm I'm so excited to to share all of the future episodes with you. So before continuing on about what to expect from this podcast, I want to address the following now because I think it's important to hear at the beginning because then we can better understand information in future episodes and I think it provides a lot of insight into ourselves um, and why we may feel so guarded when hearing this information and by having that awareness it's going to allow us to let our guard down so often the reason why people make comments about veganism is because it comes from a place of feeling defensive if they can discredit veganism then they don't have to examine it internally and they don't have to make the connection that their daily actions are not in alignment with their core values even though people who make discrediting comments are more interested in proving to themselves and anyone else who is around that they are the ones who are valid Um, so their mind may not allow them to really listen to what's being said their only focus is on self-preservation in that moment and even if the message isn't able to fully get through i do think it's important to challenge these statements and a great way to do that is by sharing an episode to this podcast or maybe having a small reply in the moment if that's something that you're comfortable with because it's important to share the untold and the forbidden side of the story the side that isn't trying to keep us in a desensitized state of cognitive dissonance a side that is trying to save our planet and trying to save billions and of land animals and trillions of marine life every year and it keeps the the ones we love from dying from preventable diseases so if these statements are said without ever being challenged without ever holding people accountable people are going to perpetuate the belief that they are correct and i think when people see vegans holding non-vegans accountable their mindset is that vegans are shaming non-vegans and yes i will absolutely agree that that some are but a majority are only answering the questions that they were asked or replying to a remark that was made as they passed by and so that mindset isn't 
fair to hold people to. And I think the following information is going to be really helpful and eye-opening to describe this. And I got this information from the book called Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. It's an amazing book, by the way. I highly recommend. And in there, she states that holding someone accountable and then they feel shame, that is not the same thing as shaming someone. That person is not at fault for the emotional reaction of being held accountable, but the person is responsible for holding others accountable for their hurtful actions. People need to experience their consequences of their behavior and holding people accountable can bring up feelings of guilt, but research shows that guilt can drive people to make amends, to apologize, and to change their behavior. So in a future episode, I will dive deeper into the psychology of eating meat by Dr. Melanie Joy. It's a really fascinating topic and Dr. Melanie Joy does an amazing job of of explaining everything. But a brief overview is that feelings of defensiveness are really only coming from a place of self-protection. So having that in mind is helpful for when vegans are interacting with non-vegans as you can see from a vegan's point of view that yes, they may be intentionally going out of their way to be vindictive, but it's only because your presence as a vegan is subconsciously creating a ethical and moral conflict when within themselves so the only reason that they are looking to hurt you or hurt the vegan in the room is so that they don't have to look internally so wherever you are along your vegan journey you will find value in this podcast From a newbie vegan to a well-seasoned vegan, I know all the joys and frustrations that come with each title all too well. And starting a new way of eating is an exciting and fun experience. Personally, I stumbled through my learning process, but I was determined to learn. And even though I stumbled through it, it was still one of the most gratifying experiences. So by listening to this podcast, you can skip most of the stumbling and step right into the gratifying and wonderful experiences of being vegan. If you are listening and you aren't vegan or aren't at all interested in ever 
fully stepping into being vegan, I would like to invite you to let your guard down. I think it would be helpful to know that everything I state in this podcast is absolutely going to be biased, but that doesn't mean I will be sharing any information that isn't true. I will not be using smoke and mirrors to prove a point because the facts don't need any fluff, but keep in mind that you need to be honest with yourself as well because you too are biased. The only difference is that the side that you're standing on happens to be the social norm. And just because a mass majority of people are currently in agreement with the side that you're on, it, it doesn't mean that it's correct. In upcoming episodes, I will answer questions about nutrition and health benefits, how to navigate social situations, animal welfare, and how animal agriculture is impacting our environment. Everything from backyard eggs to what to bring to holiday dinners and barbecues to saving the rainforest and protecting your heart, both physically and emotionally, to answering the most popular question, where do vegans get their protein? We will be discussing it all here, but from the vegan's point of view. The world looks different once you are able to see without the emotionally protective veil that is often referred to as cognitive dissonance. A way of living that seemed as normal as the sun coming up is now seen in a completely different light once we let go of what we learned growing up and start to see things as they truly are. And and so here are a few things that look different from a vegan's point of view. And I think that a lot of them are going to be some light bulb aha moment. Um, some are going to be like a, well, of course, how, how could I not see that earlier? And that is exactly how I felt when starting this journey. And it was exciting and heartbreaking at times to realize just how much hypocrisy there is. Um, and so, so here's, here's a few things. So one is I used to think that starting the day off with some egg whites and turkey sausage seemed like a very healthy meal. One that would make you feel like you did your body really good. And now from a vegan's point of view, I, I see hardening of arteries and insulin receptors being gummed up inflammation starting to flare up and I see people eating this way every day thinking that they're they're doing their body good but now I just see 
the human body unable to sustain this daily beating. And now when I'm in the kitchen and I'm thinking of what to make, my thought process is more focused on what can I add to this dish to boost the nutritional content of this meal. And, and I look for cruciferous vegetables so I can have cancer-fighting properties and what herbs and spices can I add to increase the amount of antioxidants? How can I incorporate some leafy greens to get all those wonderful nitric oxide benefits to support my endothelial cells? And I, I love eating this way. For me, it's a version of self-care and gratitude practice. I take a moment to consciously consider what plants I would like to add to bring support to my body. And then I can have gratitude for all these nutrients and be thankful. Um, And I never did that before. Before, my mindset was usually, ooh, what can I add to make this taste even better? Without really thinking of the ramifications. Other things that really surprised me, uh, one time I was having a conversation with a group of people and it was during the time when that uh, Olympian had saved so many dogs from the um, the dog market and so many people were calling this person a hero and you know telling or you know calling people that do this that save all of these dogs heroes and I'm not saying that they're not but while we were having this conversation they're all eating like a chicken sandwich and you know, you drive by and you see animal shelters hosting barbecues to raise money for the animals. And I love that there's animal shelters and that they're helping these animals. But now you can see it as completely hypocritical. You're talking about, you know, honoring and really applauding saving one animal. And in the meantime, you know, you're killing another and and so that's that was really interesting to to be a part of um, an experience Um, another thing is seeing through the illusion of commercials commercials showing you know the happy cows come from California cheerfully grazing on a farm but when you start to learn about the dairy industry you you begin to know the true reality of what these cows have to endure and the reality is horrific it's not at all happy um, advertisements for fast food um, like seeing the cheddar lovers double bacon cheeseburgers or a cheesy gordita crunch it no longer looks like fast food companies selling yummy food now I see the cozy political relationship 
that the American Meat Industry or Indus Institute and the dairy industry and the National Cattlemen's Beef Association has with our government. And I see the government created contracts with fast food companies to increase the amount of cheese people consume. And I see the government pushing foods that are known carcinogens and known to cause heart attacks, diabetes, stroke, asthma, MS, cancer, hypertension. And I see all of that in one commercial and then in the next commercial, I see a pill to ease your symptoms of all of those conditions. It won't heal you completely though. Um, just enough to keep you alive a little longer so you can continue to consume the meat, the dairy, and eggs that the government, I don't know if you know this, they are required by law to encourage increased consumption of animal products. Not all of these new perspectives are going to be so heavy. They're there are a lot of really great things that you can see when from a vegan's point of view. And one of my favorites is that ingredients in your cupboard look different and you can see how multifaceted they are and it op opens up a whole new culinary experience that's really fun and you can step away from the idea that a plate has to look a certain way and and that it doesn't have to have the protein and a starch and a vegetable all separately sectioned out on a plate um, and you can see that a burrito doesn't just have to have a base of meat then cheese and if there's room you can sprinkle on a few other things like a little lettuce and maybe some tomato but when you start to use you know more plants in your meals and you're making a burrito once the the beans and the rice and the sauteed veggies and fresh tomatoes and onions salsa lettuce and guacamole are and jalapenos are all shoved in there there really isn't room for anything else and it's delicious and you start to wonder why did I base you know all the other burritos I made before I was vegan on just the meat and the cheese and having those as the main ingredients um, so it's a whole mindset shift and and I really like that so those are a few examples of how walking through life looks completely different from a vegan's point of view. So what can you expect from future episodes? There will be a strong focus on physical and internal health, mental health, a lot on how to effectively communicate with non-vegans and what to eat and animal agriculture. That's, that's going to be the main focus. You can expect for me to speak on these topics from a place of respect and without a superiority complex. 
though I do want to mention at the same time, I do want to have this be a space where I can speak freely without having to scoot around the bush about difficult and uncomfortable topics. If people continue to sugarcoat the reality, then people are never going to fully see how terrible reality truly is. And I want this podcast to be a space where vegans can laugh at their frustrations of the hypocrisy and heal from all the hurt that comes with being vegan and feel as if they were sitting down with a friend to have a conversation and I want to be completely honest it is it's absolutely my goal to provide you with the information to help inspire people to either dramatically cut back on the amount of animals they eat or switch to being vegan full-time and that isn't a bad thing I see and hear a lot of vegans um, on social media platforms saying and it isn't my goal for you to be vegan you do whatever you need to do and that's true people are gonna do what they want to do and I hear a lot of people talk about the I respect your decision so you should respect mine and that is a whole topic for another day and and we'll go over that one for sure but for me to make the statement that it isn't my goal for helping someone feel inspired to start a vegan journey it's completely untrue because it it means that I would be okay with other people paying others to torture and kill animals. It would mean that I would be okay with having a them have a very high probability of developing chronic life-threatening diseases and that I would be at peace with our planet's demise and that I would be okay with seeing all the polar bears drowning to death from exhaustion because the piece of ice that they were on melted so far away at sea and that I would be okay with the rainforest being burnt down to clear land to grow crops to feed to livestock and I'm really really not okay with any of that And I think most people aren't okay with that either. I think people just aren't fully aware that their daily actions have such a dramatic impact. And I want people to be healthy and I want to give our planet the opportunity to turn things around. And I want the animals to not need to suffer. And for that to happen, People need to start making some serious changes, and I want to help them make those changes. Another important topic that I want to address here in the welcome episode is 
as I previously stated, the animal welfare topics, the confinement, the treatment, and the process of killing animals will be discussed in some of the episodes. And it's important to protect your mental health as hearing what happens to these animals is incredibly painful and it's difficult to hear. And you can absolutely choose not to listen to those sections of the episodes. They will be clearly marked, but if you have ever uttered the phrase, you know, I'm sure it's not good, but I don't want to know, or don't tell me, I encourage you to listen. By knowing this information, you can finally be fully informed on why vegans are so outspoken about wanting to save the animals. I too once said the phrase, you know, I'm sure it's not great for the animals, but I don't want to know. But the truth is, my thought process about what happens to the animals stopped completely at the end of that sentence. I never gave it any more thought. What I didn't know was even though, or even if my mind had tried to think of what what happens to the animals, the worst I could have ever thought up on my own would never come close to what actually happens to these animals every day. So if you don't want to know because you need to protect your mental health, then don't listen. But if you can't handle hearing even a small blip only once about what happens to the animals, do you truly feel at peace knowing that you are continuing to contribute to their suffering every day? I think oftentimes when people say, I don't want to know, it's because if they did listen, they know that they wouldn't be able to continue eating animals again. And you choosing not to know doesn't mean that it isn't happening. And I'm going to repeat that because it is substantial and very important. You choosing not to know doesn't mean it isn't happening. So it comes down to the old saying of you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can choose not to know, but not knowing won't stop their suffering. And if you know, even on a very small level, that contributing to eating animals isn't right and it causes them pain, then you shouldn't eat animals too. And you only need to listen once to learn that horror films look like Disney movies compared to what the animals go through. You may not be the person at the slaughterhouse with the knife, but the brutal hard truth to swallow is that the only reason that that chicken, that cow, or that pig is in there trying to fight for their life is because you want them to be. You placed that animal 
and asked that person to be there to kill them. When you ordered meat, dairy, or eggs at a restaurant, and when you picked stuff off of, up off of a shelf at a grocery store. And you have done this continuously. As soon as you were able to communicate your food preferences. So my advice for vegans who already know about what happens to the animals, if you already know, then don't listen again. You are already doing all that you can to no longer support these industries. Re-listening to what happens to them is not going to save them. It is not going to lift any guilt and it's not going to make them feel better. It is only going to be an unnecessary emotional hardship for you. The only time I would suggest a vegan re-listen to these sections of what happens to the animals is if they're going to step into a role where they had to speak about the treatment of animals so that they could be fully educated to share what happens or if they've completely lost sight of of what really happens and they start to question if eating animals and animal products is really all that bad and this is just my personal opinion as someone who is not a mental health care professional um, and so take away what was helpful and do what's right for you but also don't lie to yourself and don't avoid uncomfortable topics because it helps you justify your harmful behavior you can always seek out the support of a licensed mental health care professional to discuss a plan of what would be best for you if you feel like that's necessary. Okay, so enough about disclaimers and things to keep in mind. Overall, I'm really excited about the current lineup of episodes that will be released over the next couple weeks. Um, I would love to release an episode each week, uh, but my priority is to create quality, really in-depth content. Um, and in each episode, it takes about 40 to 50, sometimes more hours of work to complete. And I work a full-time job and I'm in the midst of planning my wedding to my amazing fiance. So episodes will probably be released on a bi-weekly basis, hopefully, um, possibly every three weeks or kind of whenever. <laughs> um, uh, but realistically, it could be very well uh, a month-to-month -month basis. So if you're feeling like you need to dive into all the information right away, and need a few credible resources to get started on. Here are a few of my favorites to hold you over um, until we cover the topics that you have questions on. So some of my favorite books um, are How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. This, this is my top choice. 
I would seek this book out first over any other book because it gives such a broad overview of so many different chronic illnesses and then there's great sections at the end about different plants and how they can be utilized to support our bodies and then there's a whole section of some different recipes in there so that is my top choice next one is fiber fueled by dr will bulkovitz this book is going to be great for um, digestion and how to heal your digestive system chris beat cancer by chris wark that one speaks for itself um your body in balance by dr neil barnard that one is all about hormones and how you can balance out your hormones by eating a whole food plant-based diet. Mastering Diabetes by Cyrus Kambada. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, and Robbie Barbero. Um, if you know anyone that is struggling with type 2 diabetes or even type 1 this book is a fantastic resource. It is written a little bit more scientifically, so it's a harder read. However, it's still written to where the layperson can fully understand what's being said. I just think that a audio version of this book would be best. Um, and then The Joyful Vegan by Colleen Patrick Goodrell. She has such a way with words and really speaks to the hardships that come along with being vegan and it helps put you in a better mindset and give you a, a good route of how to handle situations. Um, documentaries, um, The Game Changers, What the Health, and Cowspiracy are all currently on Netflix. Um, a film that you can also find on Netflix is called Okja. It's not a documentary, but it's about the development of these super pigs. And these super pigs are to help feed the nation. And it shines light on factory farming and animal cruelty, but in a fictional point of view, um, allowing the content to be slightly less confrontational um, as the stories about a, a fictional animal and a young girl trying to save her best friend. And it's a really sweet story. Um, back to documentaries, um, Plant Pure Nation and a talk by Dr. Michael Greger going over his book, How Not to Die, are both free on Amazon Prime. And Plant Pure Nation, Dominion, and Let Us Be Heroes, The True Cost of Our Food Choices, are free on YouTube as well. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can watch um, Plant Pure Nation on YouTube. And that one, I think has more of a stronger focus on diabetes and heart disease and also kind of um, insights into the government and how they control um, information 
that's being delivered to us. So that one's very interesting. Dominion, I, I've never personally watched it. I've seen a few clips. That one is going to be all about um, animal cruelty, and and that one's a hard one to watch. But if that's information that you're okay with seeing visually, then that one's going to be very eye-opening. Um, Instagram accounts that I suggest following. One is nutritionfacts.org or nutritionfacts.org. That is by Dr. Michael Greger. I really love his information. He has a research team that filters through thousands of um, thousands of different articles and, and new studies that are being released and so he has a lot of up-to-date quality content on there. Uh, the Brain Dogs love their channel. They also have a lot of great information but then they also have a lot of recipes that they like to share to support different parts of the body and I, I really like that. The Gut Health MD, that is the author of the Fiber Fueled book, um, and he has a lot of great content on there as well. And of course, I would suggest the Instagram account for this podcast. You can find it at a.vegans.point.of.view. It's a mix of information about veganism and a bit of insight into what a life looks as a vegan. YouTube channels that I love and often refer to are nutritionfacts.org. And then I say this next account with a huge disclaimer, but I, I love high carb Hannah's so much. I love her recipes. I think she seems like a very sweet person. I like the way she delivers her message. Um, and the way she eats is very similar to my style. And so I love her content and I love her episodes. Um, but her content does revolve around weight loss. So, you know, if that's a trigger for you, I I would just stay away from her channel, Um, but if you are looking for great recipes that are easy and whole food plant-based, I think you're going to really enjoy what she has to share. And my hope for this podcast is that this is a place for people to learn and that it becomes a catalyst for new choices. And thank you so much for joining me on my journey while I create informational content. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Until next time, this has been Katie with a Vegan's Point of View podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found value in this podcast, please subscribe leave a review, comment on today's show post on Instagram at a vegan's point of view to let me know what your biggest takeaway from this episode was. 
If you would like to support this work, hop on over to patreon.com forward slash a vegan's point of view to become a supporter. Your contributions are always greatly appreciated and I hope you feel inspired to take care of yourself, help make this planet greener and a more peaceful place for everyone.